0: Welcome to the DJ Inspires Podcast, hosted by me, the Antoine DJ Johnson, author of The Sun is Always Shining. This is episode 13, All Fathers Matter. What is up? What is up? It is DJ here, episode 13. Um... I, so if you've been following me on my social medias, um, I kind of put out there that I was going to delay this episode a week. I have been on track dropping these every fourth Friday of the month. Um, and I've been very proud of myself because y'all know I was on a hiatus for a while and now I've been on back on track. Um, but yeah, we just delayed a week. Uh, the guest who I'm going to introduce in a little bit, uh, was out of town. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I wanted to give him time to, Get back from out of town and we can set this thing up and make it right. So, anywho, glad to be back. All Fathers Matter is this episode and I'm super excited for the content that we have for you today. But before we get to that, you know I always got to give you the updates. So, um, I am off for the summer with my business. Um, DJ Inspires LLC uh, primarily does work in the schools, So, schools are out for the summer and I'll be on break with that super excited about some things that are coming to fruition as far as next school year. Got some contracts that are um, going to be in the work, So I'm super blessed that that's happening. Um, and as always, I do uh, want to do more speaking engagements. So if you are a person who has the power to make that happen, um, you can always contact me by email at djinspiresall at gmail.com. So Definitely hit me up if you are looking to bring a dynamic speaker who has an amazing story to share and who can inspire and uplift the people that you need and want to inspire. Um, And as always, the book, The Sun is Always Shining, is available on Amazon.com, barsandnobles.com, and my uh, publisher, xlibris.com. Feel free to uh, purchase those. Amazon is always putting that joker on uh, sale. I have no control of that. Uh, one time I, uh, go on there, I'm like, what? My book is this price? I, I'm just like, so you, you gotta, you gotta be on your, on your toes. I, I went on there a lot a couple of weeks ago and my hardcover, which is $29.99 was on sale for like $19.99. I'm like, somebody would have came up if you paying attention to Amazon. They periodically put my, put my stuff on sale, but, um, uh, feel free to check that book out. Um, it's, I've heard nothing but good things from people who have read it. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um so today, this episode I had to bring on my man Jeremy McWells. So um backstory about our connection. Um, we went to the university of Laverne together. I transferred into Laverne. I believe you all yep. four years. Uh, no, no, oh no. Transferred,
1: transferred? in as well. Oh, yeah, that's that. right. That's right. That's ah, right. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we're transfer clubs. Right. Club, There's another yeah. one of our friends, uh, that we have a connection with, uh, Michael Sakoto, giving mm-hmm. him a shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, he was also a transfer. So we just kind of, the transfers, we stuck together, man. Yeah, we That's right.
1: Shout out to Mike. That bond, <laughs> so, um, Mike.
0: but yeah, so, uh, we went to the Laverne together mm-hmm. and, um, I, I don't know how we exactly got connected, but I was kind of, I ran track and I was kind of doing my thing, setting up poetry scene, if That's you remember. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I, when I got on campus at Laverne, I did a um, tour and I just asked the person who was giving the tour, like, Hey, um, you, do y'all do open mics? Do y'all do poetry stuff? And she's like, No, not really. So I was like, Oh, you know, I might try to do that. And she kind of shut it down. Like, Oh, good luck. <laughs> And I was like, okay, That's all right, right. Yeah. I'm going to prove you yes, wrong. Yes, 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 wow. <laughs> and yeah. uh, got on campus, and man, I, I remember the first event was fire lit. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were able to drum up some funding, and yeah. the, the house was packed, mm-hmm. and we ended up doing at least five or six events. Yes. And um, it, it got so popular on campus that they, the the campus, some of the campus, I think the, um, I'm jacking his name up I think it's Jim. He's in charge at the campus center at the Laverne. Yes, he brought CUPSy, which is a a college poetry slam like event, like competition. Competition. He hosted that event. I think my my last year I was there. Yeah, and um, it was just it was just crazy. And I think the poetry club is still going. Club still going. Yeah, I think they have a club team that they send to the competition. So. It's just crazy, like so. I was doing my thing on that end, yeah. and Jeremy was doing his thing. But I'll, I'll not, you know, take up all his points. <laughs> I'll let him uh, share a little bit about him. So, so you guys get to know uh, who Jeremy is. Yeah, so. man.
1: Well, thanks, Steve, for for having me on, man. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of what you're doing with the podcast and with everything that you got going on. So, appreciate uh, you know the opportunity to come on. But it's so funny. I I run into so many people from Laverne. And you always kind of have to put together. Okay, when did we exactly meet? <laughs> yeah, because it all goes by so fast. But I remember your presence in the poetry club, and I remember you were one of the like original cats that were that was really pushing the poetry thing hard. And I wasn't a big believer in it because I was like, I don't even know if we have enough <laughs> black people to really get yeah. into this in this bag of yeah. a poetry like that, but. Laverne is definitely that place where it's so diverse that you never know people's interests. And we had everybody from staff, from faculty to it was students. Crazy. Uh, I think the the president even had a conversation with me about the club and she was really happy at that time of where it was going. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, I do remember you in the cut, you know, uh, I think <laughs> we, we might've even split some hosting duties on, on some yeah. events on like maybe uh, like one or two. So yeah. those were the days, man. But in yeah. terms of a, a little bit by myself, um, went, went to the University of Laverne originally from the Inland Empire. So mm-hmm. Southern California. Um, right now I am on knocking at the door 30. So, you know, yeah. it's been a while since the, the ULV days to now. Um, since then, um, jumped around a couple of jobs, found my kind of home in, in higher education nonprofit. Um, I'm the assistant director for a small university, graduate only university, uh, assistant director of admissions. So I've been really enjoying my time here um, and really just kind of looking to, you know, share my story. And, and, you know, it's great that I can share it with a friend um, and, and you know, kind of share what my experiences were, especially related to uh the subject of fathers. I just became yeah. a father just a little over a year ago, and and my experience has been great so far, and and I'm sure I'll have a lot of a lot of points to share on this podcast. So once again, man, thanks for thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. And um, as you all know, I've shared my uh, kind of family. I'm married. Will be five years this year, and um, my son is turning two in a couple weeks, mm. and so mm. um, it's so funny. Like I always. Mm kind of have in the back of my mind I'm thinking about uh, people like essentially more mature people who's had kids mm-hmm. and they give you advice they're like you don't know you don't understand um, but for me like I always one I can speak to having worked with so many youth right. you know throughout these several years um, but also like you can have patterns and see certain things even having a one or two year old 100
1: (laughs) 100 yeah so
0: you absolutely can't discredit anybody who Mm -hmm. has had a kid in general but i think for us we're we're gonna speak to because our journey as fathers is just beginning Mm -hmm. but we can speak to what we've picked up from our relationship with our fathers and how that is determining where, what path we're going to go on, what journey we're going to go on mm-hmm. as we continue to be fathers right. um, going forward. So um, obviously we want to shed light and bring light to fathers in general. Originally, um, if you were l- listening to the last podcast, um, I wanted to do Black Fathers Matter. And I think that's going to have, just because... Um, Jeremy is black. As you know, I am black. And so we're absolutely <laughs> going to speak from that perspective right. because that's what we know. Um, but I really want to not alienate other fathers out there because there's some things that I think we're going to speak to that's going to apply to any father who listens to this. So um, definitely want to shed light to fathers in general. Uh, but I really wanted to start with this article that I read. It was published last year in July, 2018. Um, it was a CNN article and it was um it's called Black men are succeeding in America, and the reason why I want to to start with this because when you talk about fathers, there's a perception about fathers, but even deeper than that, it's a perception of. Black men. It's a perception of Latino man. <laughs> you know, there's a perception that's out there. And I, I want uh, this article was so interesting because it brought to light some of the things that I think are going to come up when we start talking about fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the is a couple of notes that I took from it. You can um you can Google it. It'll come right up. Black men are succeeding in America. CNN, uh, if you want to read the entire article, it's very insightful. But um, it's just just some no- notes I wanted to point out. So. There was a share, they did it like a, 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 I forget what the study, I think it was Kaiser, some type of study that they did. Um, and they looked at the share of poverty among men by race and ethnicity from 1960 to 2016. Um, very interesting. 1960, when you think about those times, you're fresh going into civil rights era or as, as far as overcoming Uh, Jim Crow law and things like that. Um, That's about that time where it's kind of gaining traction to now uh, four years ago where you would think we've made progress. You would think things have started happening. When I saw this article, I was like, oh, this is very intriguing because the idea is black men aren't succeeding. Uh, Black men are are, are most likely ones that won't be successful. And so um, an article that's bringing light to that is very interesting. But here's some notes about This So I'm going to work my way up to black men. So white men uh, in 1960, only 12% were in poverty. um, And now to 2015, 9%. So they had a 3% drop. Asian men went from 14 in 1960 to 12% in 2015. Hispanic men, which in my mind, and I don't know if this is the case for you, Jeremy, is probably the most closely... um, Represented to us as far as struggle. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, okay. Yeah. Um, 29% in 1960 for them to 14% in 2015. The huge drop though, and I think what this article is really trying to point to, black men in 1960, 41% were in poverty. And now, to 2015, 18%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the number has dropped mm-hmm. tremendously. Um, and, so it was a, despite a proportion, a portrait of race relations that often highlights the negative, especially regarding black men. The study was the Kaiser family foundation. Um, it's the truth is that black men will not be incarcerated are not unemployed and are not poor. Even if black men are more likely than other men to experience these outcomes. In fact, millions of black men are flourishing in America today now. And I'm, just to give myself a break. I'm. A, can you speak to like the perception, what the media tries to portray black men as or even Latino men? Like, how do they portray minorities to make you believe that what we just read right now is not the case?
1: Well, I think it's changed. The narrative has kind of changed, I believe. And I, and when I was reading over everything that we were going to kind of talk about it, I was, I was thinking about when for black men specifically did it change in my lifetime? I think when obama got elected mm-hmm. 2009 there was a there was a shift yeah. right i do believe that there was a shift in the media the way i mean even within our own communities That's a good point. um when you're able to see somebody like that of that stature you know everything that barack was able to do leading up to that point and then him on that podium and sworn in it changed the game yeah. for black brown underrepresented yeah. anybody who's been counted out or in some type of uh, you know, marginalized community. I yeah. really do believe that it gave us hope and expanded kind of our our range of what we can do. And so I think from that time till now, I think there's been a lot of change. And I think if you look uh, even before 2009, it was so different. I mean, think about the the movies, <clears throat> think about the, you know, the different shows that were out, think about the different, you know, even yeah. the songs that were really popular and the artists that were really popular. I think obviously... If I use 2009 as a as a pinpoint prior to that it's the stereotypical thug image mm-hmm. uh you know tough guy if nothing else image yeah. um the jock um mm-hmm. you know maybe the 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 perception that the family isn't all the way put together yeah. um broken so you have family. right the broken home and we still have that kind of today but it's just the range is so different right uh where black men can be really successful for instance on a tv show can be really successful uh in school um you see more young african-american brown uh adults i i think of the show insecure right yeah. i one of me and my wife's favorite or shows black-ish. or blackish yeah. you would never really see something like that in my opinion before 2009 um you know you had shows at obviously iconic shows no matter you know what he did or, or did not do, Bill Cosby, the Cosby Show, yeah. right? That was uh, such a jewel of its time. But after that, you didn't really see a popular show outside of that. But now you have so many grownish, blackish, you know, insecure that are really doing well. And in order for those shows to do well, they have to do well in white America as well, yeah. right? So yeah. as as you know with with your background in, in media, um, so I think the portrayal from you know us being a marginalized community has really, really changed to almost, you know, we can go into any role in the media. We can be portrayed um, in different, you know, in any news article. I know we get, a, I see, I follow like this stupid uh, Instagram page, the Shade Room. And yeah. like they they have all the time I see. And, you know, all of my friends, no matter what background you come from, all my friends are, are following this one account, but they have, such-and-such senior at this particular high school got 30 offers Mm -hmm. to Ivy League schools and Cal State's and UC's and East Coast colleges. I would have never saw that prior to 2009, in my opinion. You know, that would have never made news. And I see that all the time with around uh, in the high hundreds of thousands to not millions of likes. So the fact that that narrative is now being built um, for the past, you know, 10 years, I think that's just a really... Really, really strong difference than what you saw back in the day. So, yeah. I it it's inspiring, um, and obviously, it's something that I feel like is it's it's a great start. But I feel like we still have a long way to go.
0: Yeah, with that. absolutely, good stuff. And um, just some more points from this article. Uh, the good news is important and should be widely disseminated because it might help reduce prejudicial views of black men in a society at large and negative portrayals of black men in the media. It should also engender hope among all African-Americans, particularly young black males. And you spoke to it in President Obama being elected. Mm. I don't think people in in general, maybe the majority, white folk or whoever, um, I don't think they realize how powerful that was oh for goodness. minorities oh my in general oh my for goodness. him to be elected 100%. for us to see him lead for him to be re-elected and whether you believe he i know there's arguments out there that he didn't do enough sure. for black people or sure. whatever sure. but just the idea of we the highest of the highest we reached
1: we reached we got somebody it. that
0: looks like us mm-hmm. reached that mm-hmm. and before the, the idea might have been oh well Ball player or (laughs) rapper or, you know, those are the kind of ceilings that we were, there's not too many doctors in our neighborhood. And it's funny, it was all around us, but we never paid attention to because what was made for us to pay attention to was rappers was kind of, I wouldn't say like, no, that's not the term. You should say it. (laughs) (laughs) I would say low level, but like, it's a low bar, right? Yeah. I'm not the talents that we possess as people like in your job and the the things that I do in life, like it goes beyond just that. Like we're more, we're more talented as a people Mm -hmm. than being a rapper or being a ball player. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and in fact, like when you're a ball player or a football player, like those are God given talents. That's right. right. And so, um, and I spoke to this, um, in one episode about like, um, in the black wall street episode of like, man, we are a a talented, creative, Mm -hmm. dynamic, People mm-hmm. and more than anything, resilient mm-hmm. as hell. Mm-hmm. And so, to kind of have that dynamic of like, oh, your ceiling is a rapper. Your right. ceiling is this, right. and then President Obama, like, nah, your ceiling is the president of the United <sighs> States Bleed of America. Water. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, so now, yeah. like, you're right. Like, I think in the last couple years, like. In, at least in two two or three years ago, I would never thought I'd be a business business no, owner. No, right? No, I would no. never like I would tell people like, I never could be a business person. Like right. I can't sell people. I can't right. do that. Right? And I'm here. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. our business has doing well for only being in existence for a year. Right. And So, you know, I, I really and I say this a lot, like especially to my students or when I'm speaking. Like I really feel like I could do anything I put my mind to.
1: And I don't think somebody at your age, at our age, 10, 20 years ago, could say that with confidence. Like, that's that's not a lot of time (laughs) from from today to that time. That's insane. That's very
0: true. Very true. Um, So another two more nuggets that I thought were so interesting. Black men who worked full time, had some college education, or were married, were more likely to be members of the middle or upper class by the time they got to their 50s. Um, and then we found, for instance, that the odds that black men make it to the middle or upper class are at least three times higher for those who those men who marry compared to their peers who never marry. And you spoke to a little bit about broken families. Right. And right. That number literally speaks to like when you have a united family and mm-hmm. united fronts, mm-hmm. like the sky's the limit mm-hmm. when you are battling. You have baby mamas and you have mm-hmm. all these different things that mm-hmm. kind of keep you from being successful mm-hmm. or that hold you back, right. so to speak. Right. It, it doesn't fully allow you to flourish. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs>
1: when when I read that particular part, it reminded me of the fact I, I had a, a dear friend of mine who told me during the time that I was getting married, he was he was saying, you know, remember, marriage is great. It's It's really good, but your mentality has to be correct going into it. Marriage is like a business contract right like it sets you su- it sets you up for success and if you treat it right with honor with respect and with love then that's when it grows and more than just that right yeah. you know I mean you know from tax breaks to just combining resources combining families you know uh, networking I know with me and my wife there have been so many opportunities given because I knew such-and-such such on her side of the family and because mm-hmm. she knew such-and-such such from my side of the family um, and I think within even our community once again, maybe even at 2009 when we saw Barack with Michelle, mm. you know, looking great. They look mm. great together. Seeing them with the kids, mm. you know, uh, Sasha and Malika, Malika I believe. Malia. Malia, yeah. yeah, Malia. Yeah, and they were babies at that time. Yeah. And seeing how, how cool it was to have your family front and center, mm-hmm. to our knowledge, Barack has never had any infidelity, <laughs> Extra you know, life. action side pieces yeah. or anything like that. And to see such a strong presence, like I said, not even just for black people, but any marginalized community or anybody, like I said, it feels like, you know, they've been counted, counted out in life to see that. And then to say, okay, that's the standard. That's the bar. So how am I going to try to replicate that within my own lane, within my own life? I know for me, like that's 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 when it hit. That's when it turned on for me. And uh, and it feels good to have these these platforms to talk about being a dad, talk about being a married man. I like yeah. I said, I don't even I don't, I've never even heard of anything being talked about prior, you know, to two thousand nine or yeah. so. Yeah, you know, I, I really do think that um that marriage point, man, that was that was really really good. that we were able to pull that out of the article.
0: Yeah, very huge. So. Uh now we gotta talk about how this information goes into fatherhood. Yeah, right. This episode is about all fathers matter. What does any of that have to do to fatherhood and just like there are perceptions of our perceived success, um we are perceived a certain way as fathers right. um We were talking just before the the recording that um the biggest perception of a father that has kind of existed for the test for for a long time in my opinion is that fathers are to provide. And that is the main responsibility of a father. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, yes, you, you are to provide for your family. But nowadays, and the reason why I've kind of stood on this new thing that I'm about to say is I've worked with so many young boys who are missing vital connections with their dads mm-hmm. and these are not kids whose fathers are not in their lives mm-hmm. but they might as well not be mm-hmm. in their lives mm-hmm. because they are not making those vital connections that that's they need it. to make yeah. with their uh, with their kids right. and the the, the perception mm-hmm. is that you are being a provider and nothing more than that mm-hmm. you work you come home and that's that mm-hmm. there's nothing there's no other responsibility that you feel that you need to have with your child and we as fathers you're missing that if you have that as an idea, right, right. right. <laughs> um, so, and I don't, I don't know if the supporter thing. I think the supporter thing kind of stands the test of time in any racial yes, lines. Like yes. I don't think it's just black fathers. But what do you think are some perceptions of all fathers?
1: Yeah, it, it does feel that our our role in history has always been to just you know bring home the bacon. Yeah, <laughs> and if you really don't hear anything else. No. Right, really after that. Um and I know even growing up, you know, watching my dad because he came from a really he came from a tough background. Um he he, he came from that really kind of old school just black like bring home the bacon leave me alone <laughs> type yeah. of thing right no, like I'm gonna, my I'm gonna watch my tv Don't bother me. i'm gonna drink my <laughs> drink you know like that's what he saw growing up yeah. um and so even he had to kind of make that transition and and he kind of tra- had to figure out where his middle ground was where his balance was and so i think the perception has always been that and like you said across all communities um it, but today man i mean it's just, it, it, <laughs> It's got to be different. It's almost like, you know, I know the NBA finals are going on. Um, I know I I watch a lot of basketball. And so I know that the and and with all the Lakers stuff that's going on, the free agency and stuff. So they always say, you know, what you really need in the league now, because the league has changed, Mm -hmm. just like our our society has changed. You need people who can dribble, pass, penetrate. Right. Mm. And you need your basketball players. I'm pretty sure with every sport, you just need to do more because people are more advanced. People are more skilled. think the same thing for for being a father right like you have to be able to do more than just bring home the bacon quote unquote um you have And,
0: and and not to cut you off yeah yeah not only do you have to be well rounded um <laughs> just because it's it's good for you, right. but like if you want peace in your home, oh. if you want those vital connections and relationships with your children, mm. you absolutely need to do this. Yes. Now if you don't care, if you don't have like if you don't have any care in the world, right. you think your family's good, right. you don't have right. no worries about that, right. don't listen to anything that we're saying. Right.
1: <laughs> Turn <laughs> but, it off right now. <laughs> but if
0: you sense in your family that you don't have this connection with right. your son where right. I- I've talked to plenty of boys and they're like I can't even talk to my dad. And I got to coach them on how to talk to their dad. Like, this is... If we're going down this path, we have got to stop and we got to go down a different path because if I can't talk to you as my father right. how do you expect me to have any kind of conversation or connection with any man that I come in contact with right. as I grow up in life
1: right uh, <laughs> and especially the the authority figures I know we'll get into that a little bit yeah. later but the, you know the, the authority figures if it's you know the, the police yeah. if it's you know a teacher if it's anybody trying to even mentor you just having you know that kind of space needed like I don't quite trust you because yeah. of what happened with me and my father um, but I feel I think you're absolutely correct the more well-rounded fathers can be the better off you will be. I need yeah. to be able to hug my kid, to yes. kiss my kid on the forehead, let him know that to be loved and to love me yeah. is perfectly fine. Yeah. Like that's nothing that's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong it doesn't with hurt
0: that. my masculinity Not or anything. <laughs> Not at all.
1: Not and it's and it's welcome. I saw a great Instagram video and this was probably like six months ago. It was right, no maybe like even a year plus ago, it was right before uh Taj, my son, uh <laughs> that he was born and I think a kid was coming back from camp or something of the sort, Mm -hmm. and the father, Hispanic family, Hispanic father, just bum-rushed him, Mm -hmm. hugged him, tackled him to the floor, Mm -hmm. kissed him on his forehead. The kid had to be literally maybe 19, older kid, but just having that moment with his son who's been away, obviously, for some time was so just heartfelt. I mean, you felt it through Instagram almost, and you know you i like i said you just don't see that enough yeah. and so to have black and brown fathers embrace their their children I, I feel like it's it's key for that child to be successful in other relationships
0: yeah and i think that's the the most important uh missing piece yeah um and, and I, I always speak from this perspective because it's, it's so important because i've worked with so many young boys um, who are going through this Um, it's so key to create that bond and that connection because these kids are missing it. Mm -hmm. And they won't outright come and say, dad, just one, they don't know how to. And and two, they just don't know how dad is even going to react. Like some some of these boys are even scared to approach dad. And it's just like, there's a way that you could be masculine and manly, like because we, let's say, we're fathers and we love on our sons. Mm-hmm. I tell my son I love him every day, kiss mm-hmm. him all the time, hug him. Like, hey, give me a hug. Absolutely. Like that doesn't make me less of a man that I do that. Right. Like I, I know that that is a dynamic that's out there that keeps men from being fully present or fully um, showing that love towards their mm-hmm. child. And like, for me, I'm all about breaking down these. <laughs> old tattered ways barriers, of you yeah, know what I mean absolutely. of like parenting because we're stuck and yeah. and and some some older folk mature folk um, I used to call them old heads but somebody <laughs> checked me I know. I, it, I, it was meant for disrespect yeah. but I guess I could be nice but like you know some of them will continue to go down their same path of because course. it has worked of course of course from their perspective yes. Um, But if we're really trying to have a real conversation, like... The best, most effective way to be as a father, one is to be well-rounded. And as Mm -hmm. another, you have got to love on your kid. You cannot be afraid to tell them you love them. You cannot be afraid to hug them. You cannot be afraid to give them a kiss. You have to let them know that that bond exists. So when they get older, when they get to a point where they're having these, when they need to have pivotal conversations Mm -hmm. with you, they need to be able Mm -hmm. to come to you. And kids are not going to tell you every little thing. Sure, sure. But you got to have some type of relationship with their kids so they can tell you something.
1: The game has changed. (laughs) You know, in terms of what is out there lurking for kids, you know, and, and, and like you said, you know, the older generation, maybe the fire and brimstone style of parenting, (laughs) you know, maybe that worked for them at that time because what was being exposed to children, it was adequate to, to approach children like that. But there's so many with social media, with all the avenues that kids can go on, all the opportunities kids have and all the issues that will get quickly introduced to them in school, Mm -hmm you have to have both parents but especially the father especially with our young boys and young girls being a be, we have to be able to be that that presence in their lives so they could talk to us about about these things we have sons yeah i feel for the guys who have daughters <laughs> who are our age because it's it's even different yeah. you know making sure that you know children are going to go through we went through a bunch of stuff yeah. coming up right you yeah. can, that's unavoidable mm-hmm. Boys and girls will go through completely different things. I mean, if it's police yeah. brutality with boys, just as an example, yeah. and having to navigate that conversation, or if it's you know um, the opportunities of just moving through love and, mm-hmm. and sex and, and and being promiscuous with with girls and how to avoid those those mishaps. There's just so much there. So yes, I do agree with you. That style cannot will not work. Let's just be clear. (laughs) Let's just be clear. I'm with you because (laughs) it's just there. It's just too much. And I don't care what anybody from the older generation said, if you had these opportunities and these pitfalls that are waiting us and our children's children's children and moving yeah. on, you know, there's no way that it would have been as easy as you claim for it, you know, would be. So I, I completely agree. Well-rounded fathers are a must. Uh, if you are raising a boy or a girl, you just have to be in the game. It's changed too much.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the next question I was going to ask is how do we attempt to change the narrative of fathers in general? And um, one of the things I was thinking about is I feel like um, through social media and just in general with these new age generation fathers, we've become more open to loving our children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think has changed our mindset um, towards this as opposed to like staying hard and showing our kids like, Hey, like God, you know, <laughs> that, that masculine, like whatever they do, that, that macho, that like bass, the voice. What, what has changed our yeah. mindset you think?
1: I think first of all what you're doing, right? What you're doing by having this platform and, and and having this avenue in which we can get the word out on that first of all, this is okay. You yeah. know, this is effective. Yeah. Um and, and we should all do it as a community as a brotherhood of men, right? So I feel like what you're doing, you're contributing to the push. So that that's excellent. I think another thing is seeing examples that work. You Uh, know, um, like I said, I I keep on referencing it, but, you know, you saw Barack up on that stage. He had his family right there and you heard of no extracurricular activities with him and and somebody Mm -hmm. else. And you saw that he went through the the bold terms, Mm -hmm. Came out, you know, low gray unscathed, hair, yeah, yeah, but for the most part, pretty unscathed. And so we saw that for, you know, however many years and we're like, okay, this, it can work. Yeah. And now that we see that it can work, now I can go ahead and try to, in myself, to try to figure out how I fit in this mold now of how I can be a father who can be successful, juggle the kids, juggle the wife, bring home the bacon, mm-hmm. uh, protect my family, and still love on my children and my wife. Um, the way they need, you yeah. know, and, and like I said, sometimes just you just didn't see that in our own communities or through the media. But when you see it work, then you're pretty much I feel like you're in the clear at that point. Yeah. Now, now it's on you. Yeah. You know, you have the blueprint in front of you. Now it it's on you. The balls in your court. So yeah. I, I feel like that's huge. Once we see something could work. I mean, it's up to us to go ahead and make it make it work for us. Yeah,
0: my pastor, um, I credit him for Oh. I credit his teachings and his challenges to us to be better people mm-hmm. for my growth as a person right. over the last four or five years. Right. And one of the things that he's kind of been a great example on is being that father. He's in his forties, pushing 50. Okay. And, you know, he had that old school way of yep. thinking mm-hmm. and he tells stories in his, his sermons about how he was a certain way. Oh, he told this amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you find that I tell it, but he was telling a story about his oldest son. Okay. And um, one day he got, he he talks often about his anger problem mm, and mm-hmm, dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And one day he, um, he like, he yelled at his son and, and t- told him he was acting like a little bee mm. and, you know, just out of anger mm-hmm, and frustration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they never addressed it, never had a conversation about it. Right. Mm. And so they got, you know, to the future and, his his son developed his anger problem mm-hmm. and he started having issues.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: one day I think he finally like talked to him and he, he was like, you know what, dad? Like, you know, I kind of resented you because, you know, you're out here encouraging people to, you know, be good and do these mm-hmm. certain things. And, mm-hmm. you know, one time you called me a B and I've, I've been living my life the last few years trying not to be a B. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nuts? And he yeah. was like oh yeah yeah and i was in the you know crowd yeah, like, it's like oh <laughs> but right. it was just like yo like shift the narrative for us like we're man I, I i do a lot of work with parents yes, yes and a lot of what i do with parents is changing the narrative yes, yes. changing their perceptions perceptions. changing the way they have done or the way they look at certain things mm-hmm. and a lot of the times parents problems are their own problems. Oh um, it's lack of patience. <laughs> yes. It's um, doing things that just do not work. Yes. And they're willing to keep doing it yes. and beat a dead horse. That's you know right. what I mean? That's right. And so and it's just like for me it's like, yo, you could do so much, like you could get so far if you just help yourself out mm-hmm. by just adjusting and changing the way that you do things mm-hmm. and, and kinda in a way outsmarting your child. Oh, you have to. you yeah. are always you you know more you're more wise yes. of course you are yes and so i'm gonna put more onus on you to make the changes mm-hmm. i'm not gonna force your kid who doesn't fully know or fully understand like how to go about life mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, there's mm-hmm. a video where i was yelling at parents i'm like you know when you're arguing with your child like the person that I expect to be the bigger person is you. You're <laughs> right, the parents. right, 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 right. Why are you arguing with your child? Yes, yes. Like, yes. I, you are the example and I I'ma I'm say this and I know you've heard this mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. Um, in black communities and it sounds like in Latinos, because I work with a lot of Latino parents, there's this idea that kids should be um no, do as I say, not as I do. Do
1: correct. Yes.
0: And correct. I freaking shut that down. No, you have to. Because you have to. That first of all, the premise of it is dumb. Yes, when you really think <laughs> it's about it's idiotic. When, it truly is. <laughs> when you think about kids, yes, yes, like one of the first ways that a kid learns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out the womb mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is visual. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They watch. <laughs> I see you. That's it. As a kid, that's yes. the first learning strategy, right? That I am able to utilize as a kid right. is I see. So as they get older, as kids get older. That That is probably their strongest learning ability yeah. as far as seeing you do something yeah. and I mimic that. Then the next thing is probably I hear it and then I yeah. will, you know, mimic it from there. But first is visual. And so if you telling me a certain thing, if you saying, hey, I need you to do this, but I'm seeing you do something totally different right. either in your interactions with your friends or family or whoever, or even how you connect with me. If you say do this and then you lie to me about something like your word is not bond. Right. I'm seeing that you are not telling me the truth, right. but yet you're telling me. Eventually, I'm just going to tune you out because your actions are showing me a totally different thing.
1: Dude, I mean, you you brought <laughs> up some some gems there. Okay, so I want to go back to uh, the story that your pastor brought. up. I thought yeah. that was excellent. Um, I it's you know it's scary being a parent, man. It's it scary is scary being a parent. Scary being a dad it because is. I'm pretty sure your pastor at that moment was just probably getting his getting his stuff off, yeah. <laughs> just getting in his bag really yeah. fast. And just letting loose, he yep. probably had a rough day from work. I've had moments. He had moments. We probably got into it with the wifey yep. a little bit, and probably you know his his child came in, did some stuff, and mm-hmm. he just let him have it. And then from that moment on, years down the line, yeah, those words still resonate within him. And yeah. I can remember to this day. I mean, I think you probably have something I'm with sure. your parent. <laughs> I I have something. Everyone has that that moment or not moments where it's like. I remember when I we were going uh, me and my family, my sister, my mom, and my dad, going on a carnival cruise. You know, and for us, it was like, oh, it's it's gonna be crazy. Like yeah. it's gonna be great. <clears throat> we're gonna get away for a little while, um, and we're packing bags. And this had to be around like maybe early 2000, 2001. Yeah. I had just like I had just um, figured out what sagging was, and so like I was like, oh, I'm about to kill him right now. I'm about to. <laughs> Get the pants, put my belt purposely like mid-thigh so they know like what's going on. They know what time (laughs) it is. So I remember walking down the stairs, pants sagging, back cap backwards, baggy shirt, thinking I'm killing the game but my dad is in law enforcement mm. so at that time what he associated with that type of dress yep. was not was what I was going for i'm mm-hmm. just thinking like this is going to be cool it's and when a style. it's a style <laughs> and when i get on the cruise i'm gonna be killing them and all the little girl is going to be looking at me i'm about to be fly like yep. that's all i was on i had no idea about what the street you know code was yep. at that time and this was so new back then for for everybody But I remember he lit me up verbally, like Mm -hmm. just let me have it in front of my mom and my sister. So not only was that embarrassing, but it also kind of, I think at that moment, like I felt a shift in our relationship because Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like it was biblical the way he let me have it. And we, from that point on for like you know 10 years down the road, I mean, struggle to get Mm -hmm. on the same page, right? Because what I think for him, he saw me in a different light knowing that, oh, my little boy can go down that road in which I see every single day. I got to slam kids to the ground. Yeah. I got to talk to their parents about how they're never going to see their kids yeah. again. And I just saw that within my little boy. And mm-hmm. I and I had to put myself in his shoes now that I have a child. Yeah. It can be frightening. Yeah. I, I I get why he reacted like that. But yeah. be, it is so scary because that one moment in your pastor, uh, in, in his child's life, and even within mine and my dad can change everything, yeah. everything does yeah. that one moment. So that's, that's astounding to me. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. So
0: yeah, just being able to shift those narratives, have examples that yeah. you mentioned in president Obama, for me, my pastor yes. and other people, yes. like, uh, my, 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 uh, my wife's father, my father in law mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. an awesome father. Uh was great with uh, my wife mm. and just in his interactions, like a lot of how I treat my wife is because of the standard that he set right, and how right. he treats us. And so, plenty of examples of fathers out there that are shifting his narrative. And, and even with him, like he has an old school way. He's he's up there. He's yeah. about I mean, 60, 60, 60, 60 something. Yeah. He's up there though. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's some moments where he snaps back to his old school <laughs> way. Apparently, my, my wife yeah. has told me stories. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. you you see with him and and the way he's aging, I think. I kind of have an idea like I'm watching him and how we interact with our son, mm-hmm, Kai. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he's watching in admiration. Mm-hmm. In some moments, he's watching it and like, y'all better check it, you know? <laughs> but it's just like, it, it's it's interesting, like, him and knowing how he has, was raised and how he has raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and still in moments can go back to that. Yeah, yeah, watching yeah. us, like, the way we parent as me, a counselor, my wife, a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, we just have a different way about how we go about parenting Makai mm-hmm. and will we let him get away with stuff? No. Like right. like we'll have ways we'll, we'll discipline. We'll go about that in mm-hmm. the way that we need to go about mm-hmm. it. But I think for us, we are totally open to shifting the narrative and changing the way um, typically how kids have been raised through black folks eyes through black folks minds
1: 100 I, I mean even the conversations of discipline like what's the first thing when you got in trouble you yeah. already knew what time whooping. it was <laughs> whooping yeah. and with anything that was around by yeah. the way <laughs> like just yeah. whatever that was around it was just going to be yeah. that was going to be the you're whooping tool yeah yeah, you're yeah. getting it with that now i'm trying to figure out ways um you know i was in you know i i had a job as a aba therapist so mm-hmm. i worked with autistic children and just trying to figure out ways through that training of like okay how can i Show my son that this is not the way to go, without mm-hmm. necessarily even having to go to that route. You yeah. know, back back in the day, that was the first thing yeah. <laughs> that was no,
0: offered. No, other, no, no, there was no talk. They had no interest in that. Oh no, 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 no,
1: no. no. It was either you do this, or, <laughs> or this, or this. this was the option yeah. you could go with. Uh, and then everyone and the, the disrespectful thing, everyone, in the family was in it. Like my uh, like grandma, uh, my grandpa were in it. They know. had their own tools. Yeah. It's like, nah, man, this so is nice. it's not okay. But uh yeah, just trying to figure out different methods. Like you don't have to do it like they did it, no, you know, and trying to figure out different ways. So we don't have to go through everything that we had to go through. Yeah, back in the
0: day. Exactly. So we talked about narrative about general yep. fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's speak to a little bit about changing the narrative as a black father. Um, <laughs> I, I posed this question. Mm-hmm. Um, do we still need to have that? How do you deal with police talk?
1: 100%. Yeah. And not, and I don't think that that's anything to do with how fathers need to, "Quote unquote change." I think that's just the standard. Whenever yeah. you're dealing with uh, folks who are coming from marginalized communities or coming from an ethnic background where okay. historically, you know, we tussled don't with the police, a great relationship don't have a great police, relationship. Yeah. And I think it's—I think there are a lot of cops out there, a lot of law enforcement folk out there who are doing an excellent yeah. job. They go above and beyond. Yeah. So I'm not talking about them, yeah. uh, but there are still—they're still at to presence. This, to this day, I'm sure. sure.
0: At the time of us recording this podcast, Man. there's a police officer out there who is uh, picking on marginalized folks, doing certain things that right are just un- unacceptable.
1: Yeah. And you, you, you fear to, you know, you, you never want to get that call, right, mm-hmm. where something has happened. You know, first it was like, oh, you never want to get the call that, you know, your son or daughter is in jail. Yeah. Right now. Now it's gotten to the point you never want to get that call where officer took out your kid. Yeah that's insane <laughs> like that's that's insane like my son is one yeah. i can't like he he's just getting the hang of walking yeah f- to fast forward that into, <laughs> you know when he's driving oh i saw gosh. i saw a movie i don't know if you caught it um it was with uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on her name widows do you remember that movie it came out maybe like within the past year uh, Viola oh. Davis. Oh yes, yeah. yes.
0: Did they rock? Or they they, they it was like
1: a group of women. Got, I think.
0: I, yeah, I, yeah, I saw it a little bit. But. It was it
1: was a pretty solid yeah. movie. But um, it turns out, spoiler alert for anybody yeah. who didn't see it. But it turns out that the reason that the the original couple split is because and led them down this this mm-hmm. terrible path was because the cop there was a cop who pulled over their son. He was driving this red uh, Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Really realistic situation that can exactly. happen Everyone We got pulled over. He was on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, got, you know, pulled over. Hey, pull out your stuff, pull mm-hmm. out your registration, your license, reached in the wrong place. Looked yeah. like he was grabbing something dark. That was it right there. And yeah. so and that is frightening. Yeah. Right. And so I think because of those scenarios that can realistically happen, 100 percent, you yeah. have to have that. But in a different way, I think. Right. Yeah. Like not necessarily. Put your hands on the wheel. Don't yeah. talk to anybody. Just do what they say type yeah. of thing. I think you can even finesse it a little bit to just say, let's walk through scenarios. Yeah. Let's uh, even have some conversations with some police officers some law enforcement. And let's try to figure out exactly why this happens and how we can prevent it. Yeah. You know, like I said, kind of just stepping our game up as, as fathers to take it to the next level. Because you, 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 I don't want my son to act in fear. No. I want him to act in in intelligence, yeah. in emotional intelligence yeah. and and also understand what to do in those particular situations. Yeah.
0: And um something that I was thinking about when you were speaking um my son just recently we were at uh, Ontario Highs graduation okay. and we were on the field mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh cops were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. And <laughs> when the cops was being super friendly with him cool. he was he would go up to the cop and like tap him and, you know <laughs> like looking at all his gadgets uh-huh, and stuff uh-huh, and it's just uh-huh. like you know, those are the interactions that you hope and want yes. for your child to have yes. where he has this positive view of a yes. police officer where yes. he doesn't see a police officer as threatening. Yep. And you would think like with me being as successful, we're college graduates, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, masters, yep. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have those things on our plate. We have decent jobs. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think we don't have these issues, but like we are liable to be pulled over. The last time I was pulled over, um cop was super hostile with me and I didn't even warrant it. I don't even think I did anything as far as her pulling me over for her mm, to warrant that mm. way that she was acting sure. towards me. And so What did
1: you get pulled over for? I don't
0: even remember. I think <laughs> I don't even gosh, it might have been like tenant windows or oh, like, something
1: minor. Okay. Yeah, 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 the yeah. super minor. Yeah, yeah. I
0: wasn't like speeding or anything, okay. you know. Um and so, but it was just like, gosh, what is this? I'm okay. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things where we got to have that conversation and we got to do it. You mentioned your son. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have to do anything different because your son is biracial?
1: Well, still early in the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> Still early in the game. So I think, um I think right now kind of setting the standard of, I think for, for me, I come from a Christian background. Mm-hmm. My wife um is, is, is Hindu mm-hmm. um, by, but just, you know, through just being Indian. My wife yeah. is Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, So for the religion conversation, I feel like that's been something that has come up right away because through, you know, trying to figure out when his baptism is going Mm -hmm. to be or, um, you know, what different ceremonies within Indian culture uh, do we want him to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So how do we split the time between a church and a temple? And so while, you know. If obviously, you're great. you're not going to have to deal with a whole lot of <laughs> yeah. that. But but you know, I want and my wife said something great. And my wife, my wife is my wife is my wife is great. And she really warmed my heart by saying, "Well, I want Taj to be just like you. Mm-hmm. I want him to be respectful of all cultures mm-hmm. and let him choose whichever religion he wants to follow. So if he ends up being Christian, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. She's Christian. I'm Christian. No problem there. Um, but he's got to find out for himself. And also he. Because within Indian culture, the, the temple is directly connected to their culture, it. right? It's almost one and the same. Yeah. And so in, for us as black people, there is church and there are a lot of social norms that take place within the church, but mm-hmm. it is kind of separate at the same time because yeah. not every black person goes to church. A lot of Indian people, you go through the temple for so many gotcha. different reasons. Yeah. Um, so just understanding, I think for me at this point, and he's not a part of this conversation because he can of barely course. speak, okay. <laughs> but, but just like, okay, so... This month, we're going to go to church for this particular event. We're going to go to the, to the temple. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And them explaining everything for, to me so I have mm-hmm. context of like, okay, this is exactly what's happening. Those are the conversations right now that are taking place. I think in the future, the big one is going to be, what am I? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. Because I? Because he looks more like his African-American mm-hmm. side. But he is going to still resemble a lot of folks on his Indian side. Mm -hmm. So he's going to look in the mirror and he's going to be like, what happened? (laughs) Like, How did this go down? And so having those conversations on, you know, you have two great cultures running through your veins. Yeah, You don't have to necessarily choose whichever one you be a part of. You can embrace both equally. And if, you know, when it comes to, you know making friends with black people or making friends with any you go to whoever treats you with respect yeah. and whoever you can vibe with yeah. you know so those conversations will have to be had but i think right now what we're seeing is more of the religious aspect right now which has yeah. been an interesting conversation to navigate through
0: yeah, and i such an interesting dynamic and conversation to even have i yeah. uh, um personally haven't uh spoken to any of my friends and i one of my best friends uh who's has his fiance is latino so okay. and he's black so okay. there's there might be in a dynamic there but for for the most part like i haven't heard that mm-hmm. of, of that having to be a conversation where you're worried you know you have to like wonder like okay this or that mm-hmm. or you know very mm-hmm. interesting thank mm-hmm. you for bringing that yeah, to the dynamic so for me um i believe change usually starts with acknowledging your relationship with your own father yes and so for all the fathers who have stuck out this podcast to this point. Um, one of the things I want to offer to you is a lot of the times, a lot of the issues that you have with your son or the, the issues that you might have with your son, if you don't have a son yet is issues that you need to deal with and come to grips with, mm-hmm. with your father. For me personally, I've shared my story plenty of times. My father Uh, biological father wasn't really in my life and it started from a young age i did have a father who was in my life who initially i thought was my actual father Mm -hmm. before i found out who my real father was Mm -hmm. and you can as a child that already gets all jumbled and and messed up in your brain but um, my dynamics with my father has always been resentment Um, and the same for my stepfather who was abusive and, and did certain things to my family and so it wasn't until I met my mentor um, and other members of my family who were male um, where I can see some sort of semblance of an awesome father figure or father type. Mm. Um, and so luckily I was able to get some of that, even though I didn't necessarily, when I went into foster care, I mainly lived with women
1: mm. throughout
0: my time in foster care. And so for me personally, I had to come to grips with this resentment that I had towards both father and stepfather, mainly stepfather I, I didn't put too much onus on my father for not being there because hmm. I feel like part it was partly my mom, partly her being with my stepdad and she for me and whether she blamed him or not. he was my stepdad was responsible for me not knowing my actual father at the Interesting. beginning Interesting. and so although I was mad at him. For a good portion of my life, I wasn't too mad. A lot of my resentment came with my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of the growth that I've experienced over the last five or six years was forgiving my stepdad for the things that he has done to my family. Um, And once I was able to do that, it literally freed me up to be the person that I am capable of being. And I think for fathers out there, you have to get into a space where you rectify any type of, um, any type of wrongful relationship that you may have had with your father that's directly impacting and affecting the father that you are to your son Um, and I think it's great that you had your father in your life Mm -hmm. but um, can you speak to any type of dynamic that you have with your father that's shaping the way that you're fathering Taj
1: absolutely I mean I think uh, like I said my dad came from law enforcement Um, he came from a family background that was rough Mm -hmm. Um, and so his approach was Trying, it was a constant effort on his part to try to break that family curse, mm-hmm. but still that curse was deep rooted in him because he mm-hmm. wasn't too far removed from that. Gotcha. Like he, you know, his, I'm sure for him, you know, he sees his relatives and can immediately get taken back in memory mm-hmm. to the, a lot of those times that they had together. Um, when his mother was alive, my grandmother seeing her and just remember everything that they went through. Um, So I think my relationship was with him. My dad is, is still, is he, you know, he's still here today. Um, he's mm-hmm. a great man and is a great dad. And he has improved and evolved throughout time. Mm-hmm. But I think even he will tell you that it was a little rough between me and him, mm-hmm. um, just trying to get on the same page and understanding. And now that I'm older, recognizing that Parenting and chemistry and how you get along with your child, I do believe has a little bit to do with what type of person you are and what type of person that child is growing into. Mm -hmm. And so naturally my dad can be a little um can be a little quiet, a little reserved. Me, I'm more outgoing. Mm -hmm. Uh I'll come into the room a little loud, right? You know, and that's not what he was raised to be. He Mm -hmm. was taught to you are you you speak when you are spoken to, and that's it. In the dinner table. You shut up. (laughs) Let the grown folks speak. Right when they when the parties start going, you go into the room like all of that. That whole dynamic, which I know you're familiar with because we come from the same community. Often, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, he is. He was fighting, trying to install that in us, mm-hmm. right? But I, I being the outgoing person, I am like, nope, <laughs> not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was just this whole entire like push and pull thing. And now I think as he is older and I'm older and now I have a family of my own, now we can look each other eye to eye yeah. and say, I get where you are coming from because now I'm kind of in the same position that you were in back in the day. And now he can kind of look at at me and see, hey, I did, I did well, yeah. I did well, and even though I struggled, yeah. you know, and even though it wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. I, I did well. And don't get me wrong, I mean, we'll still like, you know, not you know, bump heads because <laughs> just, just kind of who we are. Yeah. Um, but I think he can kind of look back at it and say, it worked out, yeah. it worked out, even through the bumps and bruises, it worked out. Um, and I think that's really all you can ask for, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's really it.
0: Yeah, my biggest um statement to parents is look like. One of the things I want you to realize is you are not gonna be perfect. Mm -mm. There is no manual, no Bible that says, this is the way you parent. Parenting is such a personalized thing for you as a parent Mm -hmm. and for your child. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in my parenting groups, I will offer, I will put something out into the atmosphere and I encourage parents to either utilize it or don't. Try it or not. If it works, great, continue to go down that path, but you literally have to be like a buffet when it comes to parenting. Oh, should I try this meatloaf in terms of being with my child? Oh, it didn't work. Let me try this chicken. So you know meatloaf. what I mean? Like <laughs> let's <hate> try <laughs> certain things that's gonna work for your right. child. Yes. You can't yeah. beat your child with ways that your parents raised you. And a lot of parents will admit to me, like, hey, my parents with the way they raised me sucked.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah.
0: I, I I would like to not do it this way, but it's the only way that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other way mm-hmm. unless I come to a class and get some information and insight from you. Right. And so for me, it's like, one, you got to be open to understanding that, okay, this the way that I know parenting to be may not be effective with my child. Um, <laughs> I did a video. Um, and in the video, I was just saying to parents like, yo, I'm not trying to tell you how to parent. Hmm. I'm just trying to challenge you to look at your parenting style and the way that you parent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and see if it's effective for your child. Mm -hmm. And if it's not effective, be real with yourself and make the changes and do the things that you need to do in order for it to work for your child. Let me ask you a question.
1: Let me let
0: you are
1: very involved in everything that you do. And I know that you speak to parents. How is that? Because I know when it comes to parenting, you know, when somebody I feel like isn't qualified to tell me how to raise my son, even yeah. at one, yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, I would imagine, are going to be younger than the people who Absolutely. you are talking to. So I, I'm just out of curiosity. Yeah. No, I'm going off a of subject, No, but just out good. of curiosity. How is that, man? Like do yeah. you get a lot of pushback? Do you get a lot, you know, any you know, confrontation, not heated, but yeah. like do you get any debates going or mm-hmm. how is that for you exactly? When
0: I first started doing parenting classes, I didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. And so um <laughs> it was in the back of my mind, like <laughs> right. people are gonna look at me like, You don't have no kid, dude. You don't <laughs> right, know what right. this is about. You right. don't about this life. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so for me, it it helped that I came one from the um uh, from the angle of I work with a lot of troubled youth. Okay. Okay. And a lot of the things that you're going to hear from me comes from things that I've heard from them mm-hmm. that would help them be successful, would help them thrive, would help them not go down the path that led them to being in a group of me because they came to school high. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like I, I come from that angle first and then they're like, okay, I understand. I like, got it. One of the things that, um, and you know this as a presenter as well, mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that's going to sell you to people is your level of expertise Absolutely. on a subject. Absolutely. And because even though I didn't have a child when I first started, um, my level of expertise in working with troubled youth mm. in particular mm-hmm. um, helped me gain notoriety or uh, acceptance with parents mm-hmm. of like, oh no, he, he gets it. Okay. And I, and I, and I challenge, I've, I probably in all the times and I've probably worked with, 50 plus parents over my time. Mm. Um, I probably had maybe three and that's probably being generous with okay. the, with that number. Okay. It, might, it definitely may have been lower. Three, one parent in particular, I remember who was like, you don't know, man, the way that you, <laughs> you talking about being friends with your child, you can't do that. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm totally okay yeah. with parents doing that too. I'm like, yeah. look, I'm here to offer advice, offer strategies I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you create a better relationship with your child. Mm-hmm. Um, these strategies, these things that I do work with me when I work with children. And now I can say to the, today, um, parents have tried these strategies great. that I'm giving you great. guys and it has worked for them. Yes. I, I, I have surveys that I give to parents at the, at the end of these classes and most of these parents are saying, this is great. I want to recommend this to other parents. Like great. they love it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I absolutely had that uh <laughs> reservation or, you know, trepidation going into yeah. it. Like, yo, yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna push back. They're right. gonna they're gonna hit me. But for me I think the most important thing that I do is I don't go in there acting like I know it all. I don't go in right. there acting like, this is how you need to raise your child <laughs> and you need to stop doing this, this and that and whatever. Right, like, right. I go in from a totally understanding place of like, ah, parenting is so hard, mm-hmm. yo. And my job is to help you make it easier. Right, right. And I like that. They love that. And like that yeah. that's how it works. Um. So yeah, great question. Yeah, great man. question. Um. And thank you for sharing that dynamic about your father. Of course. Um, because even with having your father there, like, it, it, you can speak to, like, what I've been saying. Parenting is hard. Oh, yeah. It's a challenging <laughs> yeah. thing. Even with you having a one-year-old and me having a one-going-on two-year-old, mm-hmm. like, it is difficult. Yes. Already, I can already tell. But, um, and this speaks to uh, being married and having mm-hmm. a partner in this. One of the things I tell my wife all the time, I commend, am I saying it right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I yep. commend
0: people um, who are single parents? Oh, shout oh out my to the single gosh. parents. Yeah, seriously. Shout out, seriously. Yeah, God, yeah. like I don't know if I could do this without no, my wife. I don't know, I and I don't know. understand how people do it without yes. a significant other. Yes, and the other thing, and you having a father, in, or your father was in your life. Yes, with my father not being in my life, I can never see myself not being in my kid's life.
1: Oh man. That's the oh, other oh, thing. I'm like, yeah. yes, I
0: don't know how people do that. Yeah.
1: That's, that's <laughs> a different animal and shout out to the co-parents too. I know that even yeah. that's oh, a, yeah. a, a level that a maturity that has to yeah. take place and yeah. just being on the same page. I mean, like you said, without doing it with my wife, Nikita, who is a great mother mm. and, you know, and, and is just totally in love with being a mom. And it's so yeah. funny because when in you a working were all, mom at that and a working mom yeah. at that and, uh, and, Just got a new job, matter of fact, to be at home, to be more available for our son, so which is great. So shout out to her. Um, But didn't when we were all going to school because she was there when we were there, too. If you asked her at that time, 2009-ish. She'd be like, I'm probably going to live in New York. I'm probably uh, going to, you know, you know, <laughs> law, yeah, right. like loft somewhere, businesswoman type yeah. of thing. She never thought that she was going to be a mom and now is in total love with being a mom yeah. and also chasing her dreams, but also being there for her child whenever yeah. he. And, you know, if another one comes down the line, he or she may, may need. And so yeah. I. I. I I don't get it, man. Like I don't yeah. know how you do it by yourself. I have a lot of colleagues here, Oof. a lot of friends who who do it, and I'm like, God bless them. Yes, God, it's crazy. It too. is.
0: And um, as a father, husband, um, I, I I feel like every time I'm doing podcasts and stuff, I'm like halfway in a doghouse with my wife. Like I we I owe her a date. Halfway something heavy. Gosh, but like I'm as a as a husband, like, yes, I'm like. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that she's good mm. so we can keep our relationship mm-hmm. in order because I man this is a whole another episode oh, but like man. our marriage post having Kai and yeah. it's different <laughs> yes. it's different and yes. there's so much love and attention that we have to give Kai he's so needy in that sense but we, and at times, will neglect each other and the love that we need to give to each other. And with me being so damn busy and yeah, 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 having yeah. so many different things on my yeah. plate, like I have to be super aware and hypersensitive towards her needs and the things that she needs. Bro. So, babe, I owe you a date. <laughs> By the time this podcast drops on Friday, yes. we will go out and Indeed. do something. But just, just. One of the things I want, and the reason why I brought that up, and, and, and I think you could speak to this as well, mm-hmm. as parents, as father, and we're going to close up in a little bit right now, as fathers, having a child has drip, put me on a level of, of purpose and mm-hmm. drive mm-hmm. that I have never experienced in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is
0: something about when my son was born, like the level of tenacity that I have gained mm-hmm. with him being born. I don't know what it is, it's just... I just have another level of like, yo, I got to get it. Yes. I got to get yes. I, Can you speak to that a little 100%. bit? 100%. <laughs> I feel
1: like, well, you're falling into your purpose now, yeah. right? Well, well mm-hmm. the the main purpose of us, you know, and no matter what you believe, I do believe that the main purpose of us being on earth is to procreate, number one, yeah. right? One, like yeah. that, that's, you have to expand the population. Yeah. So when you fall into your purpose, in my opinion, I believe you get this new life, you get this new energy, yeah. you're doing what you're doing right now. I think is fueled by your son's presence and obviously your wife's presence as well. I think for me, you know, always being on the lookout on what's next for me. Right. Um, Not so that I can elevate in my own career, which, you know, is great. Um, But obviously, you know, okay, like I want to put Taj and maybe have the option of him going to private school or him getting certain lessons or, you know, I want to save up for his college fund or what type of car is he going to drive for his first car? Like all of that stuff would have never crossed my mind prior to Taj being here. Uh, but now it you can't help but think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, and they come up so fast. Like yeah. you know, like we were trying to figure out, okay, like uh, you know, let's get a budget together for the first birthday yeah. party. Okay, all right, let's do this, let's do that. <laughs> I know we, we got to
0: work on the second birthday. Got to work on, on the second couch. one, right? <laughs>
1: um, and what what's gonna be the first activity? So he's gonna do swimming lessons. Yeah. Number one, because it'll tire him out, and it'll yeah. give us a better time putting him to bed. Let's be uh, clear, <laughs> yeah. right. whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, but also so he gets that experience as yeah. well. So yeah, you're right, man. Everything that we do, if it's even interacting with, you know, uh, with my job here, you know, if it's emailing a student, making sure that that's on time, making sure yeah. that I put in good quality work at my job so yeah. I don't have to ever fear that I'm going to get yeah. let go. Like, it's just not even a thing because yeah. it's not just me anymore. Yeah. It's not just me and my exactly. wife anymore. It's also yeah. him and and making sure that I'm from a professional standpoint to so the even the way you work with uh, your colleagues, making yeah. sure you don't get caught up with anything. Right. Yeah. Like making sure that you have equity in your place of employment so you don't ever have to worry about yeah. all the crazy stuff that can happen in a workplace, yeah. like the harassment stuff, right? Oh, like yeah. always making sure that you're in a position where it's like, well, I don't have to worry about that yeah. because I have a family that I don't ever want to put them at jeopardy because yeah. I lost, you know, my, my, my income. Yeah. So all that stuff, like you said, it, it fuels you, it's your motivator. And I think when you fall into your purpose, man, you know, it's, it's easy. It's yeah. really easy.
0: As fathers, like there's a head, the term is being the head of the household, right. and for me in the past that would have been all right. Let me provide and bring home the bacon mm-hmm. and we're good. Mm-hmm. For me, being the head of the household is leading. By example, yes. whether in your act- interactions with your wife, your interactions with your kid, how you carry yourself at work, mm-hmm. how you carry yourself with your friends, the type of company that you keep. Mm-hmm. like All of those things are reminiscent of the, per- the type of person that you need to be in order to be an example because your parent, your children are seeing you yes. before they're listening to yes. you being that type of an example for your household. As fathers, that's got to be the number one thing that you guys have to focus on is being head of household in terms of being a hell of an example mm-hmm. where your child creates a certain drive for themselves because of the the standards that you have set for the family.
1: Right. I couldn't agree with more. <laughs> I, 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 could, I think you hit the nail on the yeah. head, man. I mean, and it's so crazy. I, I love the point that you brought up with they see you first before they even they hear you or they really understand yeah. you. So even if like, you know, uh, I know me and my wife had to talk about this, like, okay, let's try not to argue. Yeah. In front Curse of him. Words, you know, let's music, try to relax. Yeah. Like, you know, let's try to make sure that everything that we're doing, we just understand that somebody is, is, yeah, it's intentional. It's purposeful. Yeah. Um, It's nothing crazy because we don't want him to imitate that when he gets out in the real Absolutely world. Not. Right. So it's, yeah. Someone's always watching now.
0: Yeah. Um. So it's finishing up. Um, I, I think it will be uh, the duty <laughs> for us to kind of leave you guys with some final points, some some final action steps for you guys to kind of work towards being a better father. If you feel in your own mind that you aren't the best father that you possibly can be. Um, I think maybe we can go back and forth or sure. maybe we both can offer. Sure. Um, let's start with one thing you want to work on personally.
1: Oh boy! Personally, I want to. Gosh, that's a great question. Personally, I really want to just. I feel like sometimes in my life, I feel like the fatherhood thing can be so easily left up to my wife in terms of like, okay, whatever needs to take place from standpoint of changing the diaper or um, trying to figure out, okay, is he going to go into swimming classes or not? Like all of that stuff, my wife does an excellent job of me really. Pushing myself and making sure that I'm within the day to day stuff. Yeah. Right. Because, um, like I said, from a cultural standpoint and even from a uh, gender standpoint, males, you know, take a step back even mm-hmm. during like the wedding planning process. Right. Like hands off. Let the wife yeah. do their thing. Let the mother in law do their thing. But I really, didn't have
0: that experience. Yo, oh, man. <laughs> I was
1: definitely it, hands off. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I I learned even within that process. I needed to be more hands on yeah. because it's not to interfere, no. but to have my presence there yeah. to, for support. Yeah. And so I think with even with Taj today, my goal is to continue just to be there. You know, here's another thing for those out there who have a lot of family around them. So my 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 mom and her mom are all my my mom is seven minutes away from us. And her mom is like literally two minutes away. Oh, so good. having that support, oh, that's awesome. but not taking advantage of it, right? Yeah. Like making sure that we're still in there. We're still doing our thing. So it doesn't fall all on them yeah. and making sure that we, you know, take responsibility
0: at good. the end of the day. Uh, for me, I'm I'm working on balancing everything better, uh, being a good father, yep. being an effective father, uh, being present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then most importantly, uh, making sure that I'm doing my part in shifting um, me and my wife's wife's relationship post child, because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's been different and it looks different, um, and so it's something that I have to get better about as far as uh, being present with her, because as you know, happy wife, happy life. Ooh, talk about it. <laughs> and so for me, um, I, I it's being aware of not being present or doing certain things that's not. Making my wife happy. Yes. Um. Because a lot of times it's so easy for us. To, look, I'm I'm grinding out here. Mm. Like I can easily like, yo, I'm, I'm grinding. I'm, I'm, I'm making it work, honey. I got like three four jobs. Yes. Like I'm putting in work. Yes. Like, I'm not out here. Yes. You know, prostituting doing yes. crazy stuff. Like I'm putting in work. Like I can easily make that excuse as a as a dad. About, Lies, why is prostitution? know, Right. Like, I'm, but like being serious. Yes. Like. I, like I'm out here getting it, That's and right. I could easily use that as an excuse to not be a good husband, 100%. to not be a good father. That's right. But for me, it's being aware of that and understanding like, for me to have the most fulfilling life, yes. I have to challenge myself every day, win every day. Every yes. Day. And Especially when I feel like, oh, I'm slipping. I, I've been committing myself to the business more than the family or mm-hmm. uh, to my wife. I need to change that. I need to change that dynamic. I need to make sure that I make some time with my wife so that we together can move forward together, mm-hmm. effective as a cohesive unit. And so that's for me, balancing and balancing effective and challenging myself when I start to get that big head, when I start to feel like, <laughs> yo, know, I, I got the right yes. to be a certain way. Yes. Well, you don't. Not really. Especially <laughs> right, if right. you want a happy family, yeah. cohesive family. You got to be willing to challenge yourself That's in right. that aspect. One thing I want to talk about real quick. What are you doing now that your father didn't do with you?
1: Really quick, Hugging. Loving on them, kissing on them at an early age. And yes. I don't remember, you know, at one years old, what my dad yeah, and the I interactions I, I can only yeah. see, you know, with the videos or whatever. But just making sure to start that trend now mm-hmm. and continue that all the way up to like, you know, what I mentioned earlier with the video of the, mm-hmm. the dad just bear hugging and tackling yeah. his kid. You know, that starts from not, you know, a weeks ago from that video date. Yeah. That had to start, you know, from day one. And yeah. so I, I want that. And so in order to to have that, he has to be used to that leading all the way up to those teen years. So for yeah. me, just continue to show him love physically, yes. not just saying it, but just, yeah. you know, come here, let me yeah. embrace you. Yeah. Let me, under, let me, you, you will never not know that I don't love you. And yeah. I'm not saying that my dad never loved me or anything like no. that, because it's far from, the, no, far, that's right. far from that. Yeah. Um, But showing him in public and private just like hey man like you're my son Mm -hmm. and i appreciate you i love you and i love what you're doing
0: that's good and um going back to my students again like it's it's not like my students are saying like oh my you know my dad loves me and even the parents or dads that i've spoken to like oh i love my kid oh yeah Yeah, it's you know i do this i do that and do that and maybe um for for the dads out there maybe it's important for you to learn your love language um, because that might be a key tool to help you love your child better and Absolutely. figure out what's the best way so they know yes. that you love them yes. as opposed to you perceiving that you yes. oh well, of course they love me it's my child yes. but that's yes. It's not always the case yeah. uh, so definitely great point by you um, for me I'm doing the same thing man mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> loving hugging mm-hmm. kissing him yep. like everything that not necessarily because I didn't have it with my child but just because I feel like it's the best way for him in terms of his growth and his maturation and who he's going to become in the future yes Um, Yes. he's going to be an open well-rounded person because he's receiving this love that I'm giving him and it's not making him soft no it's not making him it's just like he knows that his daddy loves him That's right. and we're going to butt heads and we're going to have moments where he, 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 does, he doesn't go to me when he bumps his head or whatever. He goes straight to mom <laughs> yes. and I'd be trying to yes. interfere <laughs> and grab him. Like, I got you. <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just knowing that he could, yes. if mom is not there, come to me. And back. there has been moments. Yeah. We had a moment where he fell off the swing. Oh, he was running around the park and got knocked over by the swing. Mm. He was down for the count and he came straight to me, and we just embraced for like Mm. the longest. Yeah. I got
1: you. Yeah, man.
0: And I want you to know that I got you. Yeah, man. And I think we need more fathers out there who are doing that and just say, I got you, not just by words, but by actions. Because as I mentioned multiple times on this podcast, children are going to see the example better than they're going to hear you say whatever you have to say absolutely like they they are visual learners first before they're anything else that's right and so you have to lead and model model um and that goes into the advice that we um would give to people who will be fathers soon or who are fathers um in the next few years for me personally the advice that i'm going to give to you is you have to have the attitude of model yeah you have to be the person that you want your child to be. And that's real talk. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're not going to do every little thing that you do, but your interaction, you said it perfectly, arguing with your, with your wife um, in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, those are powerful things that mm-hmm. these kids are picking up on. And um, go back to the video that I posted on Instagram, like the earliest that I've ever seen a kid comprehend certain things that happen in their household, Mm -hmm. first, second grade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, these, these kids are more in tune, yes. more um, understanding of things than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have an attitude of modeling right out the gate, right, right out the gate. Right. What advice do you have for I, th-
1: that? I think it falls right in line with what you're saying and going back to what I said earlier, this is some, there's always somebody watching now, right? Yep. Um, if that's your child or if yep. that's people outside looking in at your mm-hmm. relationship with your child. Yep. Um, so I think just having that, that mindset of, okay, I can. I'm gonna be myself. I'm gonna yeah. be me. But at the same time, I'm not gonna let it go too far. I'm not gonna, you know, argue too much, or I'm not gonna, you know, whatever it is that you need to kind of contain, yeah. right, uh, for the sake of your child having the right visuals in his or her life. Just remember, if someone is always watching now, yeah, right? if it's inside or outside of the house, so I think that's <laughs> the best advice I can give. Good point.
0: Good point. Um, man, thank you so much Brother, anytime, for man. joining um this dj aspires podcast episode all fathers matter um when you hit me up like hey man I need, i'm trying to get a part of it like, <laughs> people, i people don't believe me when i say you have topics or you have stuff mm-hmm. like i'm totally open to whatever type of conversation that people can bring to the table yeah um but for, like you said for me it's about changing dynamics shifting narratives changing the conversation so that at the end of the day, we are better as people as a whole, uh, specifically black minority, but people in general. That's right. Um, And even white folk that are going to listen to this episode, be enlightened to some of the struggles that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Like all of this, um, this, this episode and all the episodes that I've hope have put out into the atmosphere, I hope is uh, changing and driving a narrative, a positive narrative for people to really take hold and take heed and really make positive changes in their lives so thank you so much no hey d thanks for having me
1: man what you're doing you're doing great work here man um i i I see what you're doing i see where this podcast is heading and i'm I'm really enjoying it and like i said thank you for having me and just you know let me know let me know if you need anything else but i really appreciate it man
0: yeah man i i think um and once people listen to this episode i think they'll uh, want you on again <laughs> for <laughs> another topic. Uh, you're a very well spoken brother thank and, you, man. uh, um, and maybe even getting Sokoto in here. I, oh, I'm yeah. I'm surprised I haven't got him on yeah, yet. We got to do that. Um, but we got to figure out something, but, um, thank you again. Um, uh, and thank you listeners, uh, for tuning in to the DJ Inspires podcast. Um, tune in next time. As always, feel free to suggest topics that you want to hear in the future because episode 14 will be. You decide. I'm gonna put a, a poll either on my Twitter or on my Facebook or even on my Instagram. Mainly Instagram. I'm mainly on Instagram. That's a lot of bulk of what I put out is on Instagram. I'm gonna put a poll out. I'm gonna see what you guys want to talk about. I, I couldn't come up with an idea for this episode, this next episode, I mean. Um, and so I'm gonna put a poll out there. I'm gonna put something into the atmosphere. You let me know what you want to hear from me. Um, what topic you want me to speak on? Whatever. I'm, I'm I'm open. Let's let's find out. We got a whole month to figure it out. So. Episode 14 will be You Decide. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I'll make an announcement the week of the podcast dropping. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. So thank you for tuning in to the DJ Inspires Podcast. Much love.